Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. Now, when my kids were little, I mean, they were in, they were still in the double stroller. I took them across the country to visit family by myself. Now, due, due to a series of unfortunate events, a five-hour trip turned into 11. Now, thanks to my ADHD ability to hyperfocus, I managed to overpack for what could have been a disastrous trip. And honestly, my kids were better behaved than some of the adults on the plane because they had so much to keep them busy. Now, during this rebroadcast episode, travel writer Don Barclay and I talk about the challenges and considerations, as well as the incredible resources available for families traveling with differently wired kids. It is possible to create amazing experiences for the whole family with a little help from experts like Dawn. We talk about introducing the concept of travel to our neurodiverse kids ahead of time. We talk about creating many experiences before going on a big vacation. We talk about preparing to the nth degree and creating a child-centric vacation. We also talk about the amazing resources that are available for neurodiverse families that can be found in her new book, Traveling different vacation strategies for parents of the anxious, the inflexible, and the neurodiverse. Adon Berkeley is an award-winning author who has spent a 30-plus year career working in different aspects of the travel industry, including her parents' firms. Next, she branched out into travel trade reporting with senior or contributing editor positions in several travel publications. Now, Dawn holds degrees in psychology and marketing, is the mother of two, and resides in New York's Hudson Valley. She also writes fiction as DM Bar and holds leadership roles in several writer organizations organizations. Now, before we dig in, I wanted to be sure that you've downloaded the free ADHD supports guide I created for you. Honestly, it might be a good idea to have your guide handy each week with you while you listen to the podcast, because it is so packed full of tips, tools, practices, and resources to support you on your ADHD journey. If you haven't already, download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports or find the link in the show notes. Now, be sure to follow it all the way to the end because I've included a one-time ADHD reset offer that can only be accessed through the guide. Enjoy the show. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Dawn, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'm super excited about having this conversation. And But before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how this book came into being? Yeah, terrific. Well, I was the daughter of two travel agents who had a, one of the largest travel agencies in Manhattan mm, in, right. in the 70s. Uh-huh. And um, I grew up traveling a lot. I mean, from going to the ASTA convention at two to seeing my grandparents in England, you know, all through my youth, I was always on the go. And I graduated from working for them to writing for travel magazines. I've been the um, 
either the senior editor or the contributing editor for a number of travel trade magazines. So when I had children, um, I was not prepared to stop traveling. Yeah. And they were not prepared to travel. Got it. <laughs> I that. totally understand. They, they, yes. were, they were challenging. And I know some people in the special needs community do not like the words challenging children. And that's their choice. They say that society is um, what's challenging, not the children. But my kids, I'll say they were challenging. They had issues with transitions uh, and they definitely were anxious and inflexible where I got the title of the book. Okay. So when I needed a book like this in the mm-hmm. early 2000s, none existed. But having been a travel trade reporter, I started interviewing for the book. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke to people like Dr. Tony Atwood, who's very large in the autism community. I spoke to Dr. Ellen Littman, who's very large in ADHD. Uh, and then I kind of hit a wall because I didn't know where else to go for my interviews. And it wasn't until many years later when the uh, IBCCES is an organization that does credentialing and continuing education. They came out with a credential called the Certified Tra- uh, Autism Travel Professional. Mm, and then cool. I knew exactly how to finish the book because I knew I could interview so many of these wonderfully trained people, many of whom are special needs parents themselves. And they introduced me to some of their clients who were kind enough to speak to me. And then there was so much more information out on the internet in 2019 than there was in 2000, that it became a much easier book to write, especially when you have two years where you can't leave the house. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how the book came to be. All right. All right. That's brilliant. You've got so much from your childhood and from your experience as a mom and yeah, brilliant. So tell us about the, what's the book? What's the name of the book? Okay. Um, the book is called Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. Mm. And it's the culmination of over 100 interviews with mental health professionals, parents, these certified autism travel professionals, and then mental health allies and advocates. Right. Uh, I've broken the book down to discuss how to start small with mm-hmm. children, introducing the concept of travel, how to over-prepare, which is so crucial, uh, how to create a child-centric vacation mm. that the child is going to remember and appreciate, how to stay safe. It's broken down first by mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. So whether you're going by airplane, car, train, bus, or cruise, and then once you get there where you can stay, whether it's a vacation rental, a hotel, a resort, a campground, even a houseboat. Wow. And yeah. And then I talk about what to do when you're there, whether Mm -hmm. it's uh, touring or um, going to various attractions or museums or even um, how to dine out at a restaurant, which is crucial. Because right. we do that a lot, even when we're not traveling. Right. So it's geared to people, even if they're, you know, traveling to a local zoo, it doesn't have to be an expensive vacation. Mm-hmm. But I do talk about how it's more or less 85% strategy mm-hmm. and maybe 15% locations and, and suggestions, because right. I'm going to be updating that on my blog all the time. And those change, but there is a tremendous number of options listed as well. I love that and that you have included so many because when I went, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about it's usually the basic, you know, plane, train, automobile, 
they don't you, you don't they don't include things like houseboats or you know and, yeah. and which is things that we need to know yeah you know? same thing with dude ranches um, oh sweet and, okay yeah any place that i could think that you might want to travel and also tips for older children so once they're over 18 there are mm -hmm. travel camps that they can go to and also sports vacations that are therapeutic for the child while being uh, great for the accompanying adults and neurotypical children right okay so i list all those as well I cannot wait. I haven't gotten it yet, but I am definitely going to go and get your book because it sounds <laughs> brilliant. And to help us with like kind of get out of our box of the way that vacations are supposed to be, right? Yeah. That you get on a plane and you stay in a hotel and you da da da. da. I mean, it's kind of the the typical what you think about about vacations. But I really love that. And I I did some um, I did some kind of digging into your website and. Um, and uh, into your social media. And I just really love the um, the different perspectives. And and here's something interesting that I didn't even know about. So my kids are in middle school. Um, it would have been really great, like you said, to have had something like this when they were real little. Um, but uh, I didn't even know that places like Universal have accommodations for, um, or that, and I don't know that, you know, I know that accommodations are not always the best, but that they do have, there are places like this do have, we don't have to cancel them out, right? Yeah, more and more of these theme parks and water parks, as well as, well as zoos and aquariums and museums are becoming either autism friendly mm -hmm. or certified autism centers. And that is a designation Ooh. that IBCCES uh, grants to destinations that have taken extensive training for their staff and made mm -hmm. accommodations, uh, whether it's low sensory areas or um, less crowds in areas or maps that indicate where the quieter places are. A tremendous amount of, um, I mean, in the book, I even list things from uh, beaches and there's like eight or nine different separate things that they're doing mm -hmm. that are really extensive all the way to special meals and uh, flexibility in meals because that's a big issue too right and just having these low sensory areas maybe having a beach buddy who's a one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one helper who has been trained for with people on the spectrum kids clubs where the people who are working in them have been trained so they understand Right. what being on the spectrum is all about because so much of it is so vital for the people to understand what it's all about that um a tantrum isn't a tantrum it's a sensory meltdown and how okay. to help with that um so yeah tons of places that are either autism friendly or certified autism centers i do urge people who use the book to discover what that means because mm -hmm. autism friendly has a lot of different meanings. It's very different. Of, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's very widespread and not only will they vary per uh, destination as to what they offer, but it's no guarantee that what they offer is right for your child since mm -hmm. every child on the spectrum is different. Right. So very important to do your due diligence, call, understand what the designation is because there's more than IBCCES that is giving out designations mm -hmm. um, understand how they got it if they still have it because these things change right. and what it offers and if what they offer is available when you'll be there because like a museum might mm. have a sensory afternoon once a month and it might not be the day you're in town right so you have to do your due diligence to use the book as a guide but don't take it as gospel right and I 
never even you said it's an IB, IBCES. Is IB, it's IBCCES. It stands IB. for the. It stands for the International Board of uh, Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards. Okay. This is an amazing organization because they're they're um, certifying people to work with people on the spectrum, as well as destinations, as well as travel planners. They have uh, autismtravel.com, which is, again, a list of the certified autism centers. What I've done is combine their list with all of the other places that are autism friendly. So it's a more comprehensive list right? Um, with other de- uh, other organizations that do designations like Culture City and Sensory City and um, the Champion Autism Network. Uh, so I've tried to be as inclusive and as comprehensive as I can. Yeah, it sounds like it, Don. This sounds amazing. What a brilliant tool for, you know, because we don't want to keep we don't want to not travel and 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 have our kids miss out on these experiences that could be life-changing for them right so so important for them to understand that they're um, a world citizen and that there are ways of living that are other than the way they live every child should have that experience not just people on the spectrum but everyone i'm the advocate of education through travel but also when a child on the spectrum travels, they're learning about the world, but the world is learning about them. Right. And that's really important too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, um, my kids, my kids, we're, we're, my kids are on the spectrum. We're neurodiverse family. Um, uh, but my husband is a pilot, so he's a, he's a private pilot. Um, and so the, uh, the, the um before my kids could travel on a jet they had to fly in his airplane which is really kind of funny but it's like no they cannot fly on a jet until <laughs> in my airplane and which is you know they were so little they can, couldn't even see out the window you know at yeah. that point um but i had this particular um this one trip in particular it was just going from raleigh which is where i live to my sister my sister's in denver it was just one of those, like maybe, maybe people will never have this kind of experience ever, but I had it by myself with my two kids who were in a stroller, right? It took us 11 hours to get from Raleigh to my sisters. We got there at six o'clock in the morning and I, I wish I had had your book, but I did come prepared and somehow Honestly, my kids, I, I, I had packed, I had packed the suitcase full of, of, uh, of the snacks that they like and the all, all kinds of, I mean, the, my, the, the bag of stuff that, that to keep them busy for a cup, you know, like it should have only been four hours, um, yeah. kept them busy for the entire time. And Dawn, I brought the double stroller and I battled back and forth with myself. Oh my gosh. Am I just, is this ridiculous? Am I really going to need this? Thank God that I have this stroller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the interesting thing is, the kids were more well behaved than the people than the adults that were just griping and moaning and this. All right, all right. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was really interesting. But had I had your book, I would have been even more prepared and maybe not as exhausted trying to keep them busy and, you know, all of that. But just the traveling on a plane, that is a lesson in in and of itself when you have neurodiverse kids. Yes. My longest chapter is is the airline because it always also includes what to do 
with uh, inconsiderate onlookers, mm, how to handle right. that. Uh, there's so much from preparing for the tra travel, maybe role playing, maybe right. using Wings for Autism, which will uh, is a program that will let you visit the airport and go from mm. arrival all the way to boarding. Uh -huh. uh, experience TSA. There are programs like TSA Cares where you'll have somebody meet you where it's offered and escort you and help you through security. There's so much. Um, you know, when do you get on the plane? Should you go on first? Should you go on late? Where should you sit on the plane? There's so much. And um, different certified autism travel professionals give different viewpoints. So you'll know what's best for your child. I very rarely give one tip I, mm -hmm. because so much is trial and error. Right. But um, yeah, it, it sounds to me like you were really prepared. You could have written that section. I was a little oh, overprepared. Yeah. It, no, yeah. you can't be overprepared. That's what I try to get across to people. You can't be overprepared because what's the worst that can happen? You're going to pay a little extra for what you're carrying. But right. how important to have that you got through 11 hours. 11 hours. Yeah. The, the great thing was they were able to sleep in that stroller. Oh my, that was like my saving grace. Yeah, thank God. And um, then you, yeah. I mean, you, the go-to bag is so crucial. And I listed in every chapter because it's my belief that people aren't reading this from cover to cover. They're going to center in on whatever the trip is for that particular period. Right. So that's my one thing is that I repeat this go-to bag again and again because you're going to need it. And all the things that go into it are so crucial. Yeah, well, and I'd be I, I'm I'm curious to um, to hear what you would you know what what I didn't put in my bag that you might put in yours and um, you know what let me let me go to um, an earlier part of my book and I will tell you oh sweet okay. um, and if you can always edit this part out okay. <laughs> looking around because I I keep my book in front of me in case somebody wants to know something um, here is a list of some of the things you can bring in a go-to bag. And this is from Dr. Ellen Littman. Mm -hmm. uh, noise canceling headphones to reduce yes. stimulation and sensory overload. Everybody emphasizes you must bring this. Right, and that's um, something that I wish that I did have. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody in every situation just said, bring your noise canceling headphones. Yeah. Uh, snack size Ziploc bags with low or no sugar foods in discrete mm -hmm. units and disposable packaging that are not messy, don't need refrigeration or utensils like popcorn, cereal, cut up carrots, uh, animal crackers and juice boxes. Um, surprises costing less than $10 each in gift bags. Think silly putty, mm -hmm. four color pens, nothing that can make noise or moves and might annoy others. A change of clothes so you can be prepared rather than frantic when things get wet or dirty. Right. Art supplies like an Etch-a-Sketch and lots of Band-Aids, Neosporin, any medication approved by your physician, Benadryl, anti-nausea medication, Tylenol. Right, right. So those are some of them. Other people will say things like fidget toys, mm -hmm. uh, electronics filled with their favorite movies. So I, I have different people's viewpoints on right. what to bring, but I don't think you can ever be too prepared. Well, and you know, as you're saying this, Dawn, I'm thinking of for myself too, <laughs> when I yeah. travel, you know, things that, and I, I am pretty thorough. I kind of have the, this, um, my ADHD, um, I wasn't diagnosed until I was an adult. So mine kind of turned into a little bit OCD. So I'm, I do over, I think a lot about, about things, but, um, but 
yeah, like these things can help us too, right? Of course. This is this the the our listeners are mainly moms with ADHD, so helpful for all of us. So don't uh, you know you have so much on your plate because I found out I was a little ADHD once I had children too, and I was not only managing my life but my husband's life and my children's lives. Yes. So you know it's not OCD. It's like or not necessarily OCD. It's like taking stock of all of your responsibilities of and being super right. careful that you haven't missed anything and being structured that's the yeah. thing the stru- yeah. staying so structured almost to a fault sometimes how is that a bad together. thing that's not a disorder that's a, a matter of, of of organization and coping it is well thank you that is yes that is definitely yeah. a coping coping mechanism so can you tell us a little bit about um about um, maybe some different ways to introduce the concept of travel to your kids. Yeah, I'd love to, because I think it's so important, uh, especially now that you have kids that are maybe three or four that um, just went through two years of being stuck in the house. Right. And so they don't know what traveling is because, you mm. know, when they were two, what did they know? And now they're four and then maybe they're cognizant of what it could be. Right. Um, but they haven't experienced it. So, First, picture books with their favorite characters experiencing different travel situations can help. And I do list some, but your mm-hmm. local librarian will give you a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, role play. Uh, I don't know if your listeners are familiar with social stories. Do you know mm-hmm. what social stories are? I don't. Mm-mm. Well, if you'd like me to read quickly, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll read a quick description from the book because I think it's important. Sure. Um, social stories are a method that autism consultant Karen Gray developed as an engaging and interactive way to help those on the spectrum cope with new or problematic situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's written from a child's point of view using narration and photos and drawings to guide a child through an experience. Uh, a, ch- a story for a child on the spectrum about a trip to Florida might include travel details, things they might be nervous about, people they might meet, reassurance that their parents will be them with them all the time, mm-hmm. and activities they like or can ex- anticipate enjoying. Right. Okay. So um, using those, Carol Gray's book's awfully good if you want to purchase it. You can also get um, an app that lets you create social stories on the go. Oh, sweet. So okay. Why not? You know? uh, right. And I do list that information. And so also creating mini experiences. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is I mentioned before, before you get on an airplane, you can maybe go through wings for autism, or you can call the airline and see if they'll give you a tour. You want to create a frame of reference and predictability because children crave predictability, whether or not they're on the spectrum, right? They want to understand what they like routine and Mm -hmm. what's less routine than travel. So create a frame of reference. So Along with, you know, you don't want to take a 10-hour flight when you can take a, maybe a one-hour local flight to introduce it. Right. Um, before you spend thousands on a hotel stay, maybe stay at a relative's house for the night. Mm-hmm. Because you'll instantly see, the child will see what it's like sleeping in a room that's not their own, but you'll instantly instantly see where the triggers are. Right. So do, they, do you need to bring your own sheets and blankets because the child is familiar with the smell and the texture? Do you need to bring your own toiletries because they're familiar with that as well? Do you need to bring a fan to drown out the sound of the hallway if you're staying in a hotel? Maybe their favorite lamp, maybe their favorite toys. You're going to figure it out really quickly and it's better to know in advance. Right, right. Um, Before you go on a camping trip, set out a tent in the backyard. 
experience one night of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many, even a, a trip to a local zoo, aquarium, children's museum, or um, even a scavenger, you know, call a trip to a flea market, a scavenger hunt, call right. it a tour because then you've created a frame of reference. If they have a good time, then mm. you can say, when we're going on vacation, we're going to go on a tour. And remember when we went on that tour to the flea market, that's going to be, this is going to be like that was. Right. I love that, Don. That's really brilliant. The, the mini, you know, as I'm thinking about that trip that I took with my kids, um, there were a lot of things that I didn't do like prep them. I didn't, I didn't really prep them. Now I had taken each of them, actually I had taken the, the, each of them separately out to see my sister at different points, but this Mm -hmm. was the first time they were together and it was just me. My, my husband didn't go. You're a brave woman. Well, you could (laughs) call it that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I do wish that I had, uh, that I had taken the time. And so, and it's not just for the young kids too. It's for, it's for our older kids. You know, the, the, um, I know with, uh, with our neurodivergent minds and you said everybody likes certainty, but there is, um, there is also, you know, there's this thing in our, one of the, one of the things that creates the most anxiety, I think for, um, for our neurodivergent kids is that not knowing, right. And, and yeah. being afraid of what, what am I going to experience when you I'm, know, it, that's, what's so great about technology today, because there's mm-hmm. a video for everything. And whether it's on YouTube or it's provided by the supplier, you know, you can get pictures of a vacation rental before you go. You can get videos before you go. You can get video of the hotel in every part of the hotel. And if you can't, you can request it. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one father who said that before they go to an amusement park, they look at videos of every ride because they know what to rule out ahead of time. Right. And why don't you want to do that? Yeah, I, that's brilliant. I hadn't thought about that either. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> usually, usually it's, it's when we get there and we see this ride and we're like, oh, we were so excited about it, but nope. No, <laughs> and you know, don't beat yourself up because I didn't do any of these things either. Yeah. I mean, when I was researching this book, I said, wow, that would have been really great if I had done that. Right, that would have been great and that would have been great. But now yeah. you know, now you get to yeah. share. So, and I yeah. think that's the the the, uh, the brilliant thing is kind of what, you know, the why, the reason I do what I do is so that I can shorten the, the learning curve for, you know, for moms going forward. So that's what yes. you're doing, right? Yes, I hope so. And that, they don't that's have my to desire. do all that research. You've already no. done it. No, but they do have to do their due diligence. That's true. The due diligence, <laughs> yes. But at yes. least you're giving them ideas and direction. Yes. I'm giving you know? them a checklist that if they follow from A to Z, they'll probably have covered everything from how to keep the children safe to how to introduce ideas, how to create a child-centric vacation. So maybe you go to museums that cater to your child's special interest. Right. And I've listed tons of those under different states and cities. So if your child loves dinosaurs, you know where to go. If your child loves insects, you know know where to go right because the children on the spectrum have these very specific interests that occupy you know most of their week right and why not build a vacation around that and make it their vacation it's not your vacation it's theirs if you want it to go well and you should create pacing that also takes in mind that maybe they can do one or two things a day and then Mm -hmm. the rest of the day might be by the pool Right, right. Yeah, I found that is very important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and you talked about um, starting small. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, that was what I was saying with the mini With the minis. With the minis, yes. right. And, you know, if before you take a long train ride, maybe a commuter ride. 
mm-hmm. you know, for 40 right. minutes. You, you can just see where the triggers are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't say enough, like you can go to a local restaurant that serves ethnic cuisine and try different kinds of foods mm. and introduce oh, the child to the, this different things going on in the world and different right. types of food. And they'll either like it or they don't. You can always bring something with you just in case, you know, yeah. maybe they like Cheerios. So if they won't eat, you know, the pasta at the Italian restaurant, you can hand them some Cheerios under the table. Right, right. Exactly. Okay. So, and, um, and you, uh, you talked about preparing to the nth degree. What does yeah. that look like for you? Yeah. You have to break the trip down. You have to organize it in your mind, which is what I've tried to do in the book from the mm-hmm. second you leave the house to the second you come back. And actually, there's the letdown after the vacation. And right. I didn't write about that. One of the bloggers, I think I spoke to some podcasters said, well, what do they do afterward? And I said, that should have been the last chapter of my book. So it will be an entry in my my blog that will back up the book. So you will have that information. It just right. won't be in the book. Uh, so that was kind of embarrassing. But yeah, you're going to break it down and yeah. you're going to think of where all the triggers, where is it going to be a potential for bad smells or mm. crowds? And what is your backup plan going to be right. in those cases? Um, I had one parent whose child was going to cross a suspension bridge and she wasn't sure if she was going to be able, if he was going to be able to do it because mm-hmm. he had certain fears and anxieties. So right. she arranged with the tour leader to have a golf cart waiting there. So if he couldn't do it, they would do it. He would go in the golf course cart and they would meet at a specific place and then continue on. Okay. Now, that any- is preparing to the end. Yeah. Degree. Yeah. Okay, he, that's brilliant. Yeah. He didn't need it, but it was good to have it. And if right. you work with a certified autism travel professional, mm-hmm. they're going to know where some of these uh, potential problems might be and they'll be able to help you. John, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a uh, certi- yeah. certified autism professional, yeah. a, a, a travel professional. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, there is a list in the back of everyone who contributed to the book. There, There's their bio. And then there is um, a way to find them. And not only them, but anybody you want to speak to. And they don't have to be in your hometown because right. thanks to technology, you can work with anybody anywhere. Yes, exactly. I know. Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if the people in the book make sense to you, give them a call and I'm sure they'll do a great job for you. Right. Okay. And and how do you create, you've talked about this a little bit, but like what is creating a child-centric vacation look like? Like you mentioned, you yeah. know, if, if they have specific interests, is there yeah. anything else that we sure. should keep in mind? Yes. Along with the pacing, which is mm-hmm. really important. Uh, I would say get your child's buy-in. So if you're going to plan a vacation, mm-hmm. maybe give them a choice of where they'd like to go. All being, you know, three choices, all pre-approved by you. Yeah. So there are no wrong answers. Right. Uh, let them pick their clothing and help pack it and mm-hmm. which toys they're going to bring and Anything like that, because once you've got their buy-in, they've got a vested interest in the success of a trip mm, right, and then right. building it around their interests. Now, if you have a child who doesn't have specific interests like that, you might choose to go to a resort that is like beaches in uh, Turks and Caicos and Jamaica. There are three locations. Mm-hmm. Um, their kids clubs have professionals on hand who have been trained mm. and every they're actually advanced certified autism centers. So they've gone above and beyond. Okay. And that gives you the opportunity to spend some time with your loved one or partner and the children are in the kids club. 
Right. And you actually have some time to yourself. So for every parent listening to me that says, but I don't want to spend the entire vacation at a mustard museum. Well, yeah. maybe you go to one of these resorts and, and I list several, you know, also um, gearing them around therapeutic sports. Like I mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's horseback riding, golf, Mm. skiing or scuba all of those are therapeutic and it can be enjoyed by people on the spectrum as well as people off the spectrum right and it can be a great bonding experience these are not team sports they don't require an interaction they're really competing with yourself and Mm -hmm. something like golf where you practice your swing over and over again that repetitive motion is something that children enjoy right um so those are described in places to um get involved with those types of activities. There's a ton of adaptive skiing places. There are places like Dive Heart that specialize in scuba for children on the spectrum and with invisible needs. Uh, All these I thought were just great options. Again, I had no idea. Yeah, I learned a lot too. <laughs> yeah, this is brilliant. You know, and as you were talking about the um, the uh, the sports, I was thinking about my kids are um, are swimmers, um, and and I know that the the, uh, the pressure and the like swimming is amazing for that sensory yeah. the the sensory input. I guess yeah. I don't know that the the the, um, the resistance or I don't know what it is about the water, but yeah, it's also when you're scuba, the, the compression of the suit is right. very therapeutic. Uh, even and, if just the suit, right? And then you yeah. go under, okay. Yeah, and then it, there's about the quiet, that. there's the quiet, there's the fish, there's no need to interact, there's no social mm-hmm. pressures. Right. They love it. There have been children who were nonverbal, and then they became more verbal after being, you know, in scuba programs. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I was, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, that's brilliant. So um, when my husband and I plan trips, we always plan, we always make sure that wherever we're going to stay, if we're staying in a a hotel um, that, or or a resort or something, that there is a pool there. Um, And it kind of it, that kind of comes from my childhood because we always we it was back when you could have those the big windy um, uh, slides. Yeah, my dad, my dad would always make sure that the the, the uh, hotel that we stayed at had a, one of those windy slides. Um, I don't think that they're um, I don't think they're allowed anymore. But um, but uh, but anyway, so we took my kids to Disney, and again, that was something from my childhood that I wanted to share with my kids. The only thing that they remember about Disney is the pool. That was the one thing they could not. And I've heard, I had heard this. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, okay. I mean, that noted, right? Yeah. Child centric. That's yeah. I, I was speaking to somebody who took their niece to a science museum and mm-hmm. the kid was from the country and had never seen an escalator before. And all she wanted to do is go up and down on the escalator. Right. And you know what? the aunt let her do it yeah, because yeah. that's what she remembered so it's child-centric vacation is sort of letting go of our expectations of what it yeah. should be and right. and not pressuring the child to have the greatest time at the happiest place on earth but maybe have the the time that they want to have right right yeah yeah exactly that that was our disney trip like yeah. oh but you guys the castle in the didn't care about that they didn't care no. about that it yeah. i did and that was just, that was part of my childhood. It was like, okay, that's not, that's not their thing. The pool, 
is definitely their thing. Um, so, Don, this has been really amazing. Thank you so much for sharing um, all of this amazing beaches. I no idea. I had no idea that they were um, that they were so uh, qualified to. Um, yeah. yeah, cruise lines too. There's five major okay. cruise lines, and there's a an organization called Autism on the Seas that puts together group cruises for people on the spectrum. It can help you with individual cruises as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the travel professionals are going to be able to help you with us and yeah. make these kind of suggestions. So um, I love that. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing, and I can't wait to pick up your book. Oh, great! Well, it is available on pre-order now. Okay, great, great. Oh, it's pre-ordered. When when does it come out? It comes out August 15th. Right okay. now you can pre-order both the hardcover and the audiobook, but mm-hmm. the digital copy, the ebook won't be able to be pre-ordered. You have to get it on August 15th. Um, and like I said, my website, which is travelingdifferent.com, mm-hmm. will not only tell you some of the places you can buy it, it's pretty much available on all online retailers, um, and you can order it at bookstores. Please Ask your library to carry it so people who can't afford it can have access to it. Yeah. And um, I will be backing up and updating the book on the blog. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, people should absolutely subscribe to that so they're able to see what's going on. I also, on social media, both on Twitter and Facebook, anytime I see a story that I think might be of interest, I retweet it or I republish it mm-hmm. uh, so people can have access to that as well. I'm trying to be an information repository. Yeah, that's great. And I love that you shared that about your blog and that anything, anything else, like you told, like, like you, just, you talked about the, what about after the trip? And that's yeah. a good question. Like, how do you keep that? How do you keep the, keep it going other than pictures? Well, it's really, how do you deal with that meltdown? And I mean, meltdown, I've had right. experience with any sort of special event and what happens when they get back and the excitement isn't there anymore. Right. So I haven't, written that story but i've done all the interviews on it and i mm-hmm. will be i will be publishing it <laughs> yeah that's that's great to know so don can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either achieved something or overcame something that initially just felt impossible yes i had two children i was working full-time as a realtor and i went back to college because wow. i wanted to be I wanted to uh, be a good role model to my kids. Mm -hmm. So I found a college, you know, at the time there wasn't as much of this online learning as there is now, Right. but Empire State College, which is part of State University of New York, had a wonderful program for me because you could either go to local classes or you could work one-on-one with a mentor or um, you could... um, take uh, distance learning classes. So I did a combination of all of those and I I finally got my degree. Wow. That's a lot. Yes. (laughs) I had done, I had done two years at Tufts when I was young and then the money ran out and my parents weren't really big on borrowing money. And uh, yeah. So I went and worked and uh, from age 18 on, I was working. So I started college at 16. So from mm-hmm. age 18 on, I was working. And when I was in my 40s, I decided I wanted to go back to school. I thought it was important for them to see. Yeah, so I, did. I love that. I love I that. And I bet it was not easy. It was not easy. <laughs> it was not easy, but I got it done. And I really enjoy learning. Right. So it was, it was fun. 
And you know what I learned, which was really important, how much easier a guy. Kids, you have it so much easier now because I didn't have the internet when I was young to do my research. And now I could do all of it via the internet. And that was really wonderful. Yeah. In so many different ways, you know, we were taught in one specific way, way back when. Yeah. And then as time has evolved, we, you know, there are lots of different ways that we can, that we can learn, which I think is really brilliant. And especially in the, the, uh, the neurodivergent, um, world, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's my one thing. (laughs) This has been really fantastic. I, there is so much just in this, um, this interview that I know our moms are going to be able to take, um, forward and create some amazing vacations. So definitely go check out Dawn. Um, and so t- what's the, what's your website again? Differently it's traveling different with one L traveling with one L different.com. Mm-hmm. And my email address is there. And, and also my social media contacts. If mm-hmm. people find a different experience than I've described, or they've got um, strategies that I did not include, mm. or I've opened up the world to them in some way, please write to me and let me know. Your experience might be in the blog. I, I'd be happy to reprint it, or it might be in an upcoming version of the book if I do another edition, um, and other people can benefit from it. So I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, that's brilliant. So definitely go check out Dawn, pre-order the book. No matter where you are in motherhood, I just, I, I, I'm really excited to get my hands on it. Great. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for taking the time today, Dawn. Thank you. Goodbye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. Now, one thing I know for sure is that managing ADHD is not a one-stop shop. There are so many tips, tools, practices, treatment options, and lifestyle accommodations to consider. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and wonder where in the world to start. If you're nodding your head yes, then you'll want to check out the free ADHD supports guide. It's a super simple step-by-step guide that keeps your ADHD brain engaged because it's interesting, it's important, and sometimes even a little exciting. I invite you to consider yourself a detective as you discover the ideal combination of supports to help you remain calm, be more consistent, stay focused on what's important, shift out of overwhelm and other big emotions more quickly, make decisions more easily, and develop more confidence, all while becoming more of the person you know yourself to be. Download the guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports, or find the link in the show notes. I truly believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Goodbye for now.